Hello, romantics. Welcome to a pod to be you, the talk film society podcast that's all about falling in love on the big screen. I'm your host, Manish Mather, and for this episode, we're talking about a really exciting and important film, which is Satyajit Rai's uh, Jadulata, starring Madhi Mukherjee and Sumitra Chatterjee. And I have with me a really fun and exciting guest, Devesh Brambhat. How are you? I am well. Thanks so much for having me, Manish. Yeah, I've been, uh, you know, you were on the Titanic episode last year, so I've been looking for an excuse to have you back, and so glad that we are able to do this today. Likewise, it was such a blast last time. I'm excited to come back to talk about another one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, I am um, really excited to talk about this movie. I've been wanting to do an episode on Charolata forever, um, and I... You know, Satyajit Rai's you know birth anniversary was you know earlier this year. It was in May, and I was kind of in this like Rai mode. I like watched a lot of his movies on Criterion Channel, and uh, so that kind of inspired this episode. But um, you know, you and I are both sort of you know we're we're both South Asian. We're both really into like you know art cinema, world cinema, classic. So I feel like Satyajit Rai is, of, of course, a very important figure for both of us. But do you have like any specific like memories or history or you know what, what's your exposure to Rai as a you know filmmaker? Yeah. Um, so my introduction to Rai was, I would say, actually, it was Charulata was the first movie that I watched by him. Uh, funny enough. Um, and it happened, I would say for the first time I was, I came to it about seven or eight years ago, uh, kind of the early years of my becoming, you know, uh, my early stages of cinephilia, uh, haven't been honestly doing it terribly long, like maybe for like the last decade or so I've been really into film, like seriously. Um, so it was just really good timing to really, that I was lucky that Rye came in really early into kind of the, those years because he's been such an influence since. Um, and Jarulata was like my first one, first introduction and I was hooked from the beginning. Um, and since then I watched, you know, of course the Apu trilogy and, uh, the music room and Devi with Sherman Latagor, she's phenomenal on that and a few more. And I have quite a few more to go still, but, uh, Charulata has like kind of that distinct, uh, it, it's a standout for me in this filmography just from the, the, the sense of interiority that is explored in this woman's life. Um, and it, it's kind of proof that these male directors, they can portray the female gaze in a way that's not, uh, it's not, it, it, it allows them their agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it kind of proves that like the, this, this kind of female gaze is not restricted to just women directors, uh, even though 
we always want women to portray their own gaze, but it's it's just it's actually just further proof that uh, that men just need to step up their game when they're portraying female characters. Um, and I think he just did it so like stunningly, and that's it's stuck with me since. And I came back to Charlotte uh, during the early days of uh, the pandemic, whenever mm-hmm. we were starting to go inside. You know, isolation was just uh, the everyday life, and we—I was just trying to figure out, like, what do I do with my time? And the right. image of Charu, like, you know, on the swing set, and of Charu just like humming to herself, and of Charu just like just laying there idly, you know, like all, all those, Im- all that imagery, like rich imagery, just came back to me during during early pandemic, and I just really felt akin, like this kind of kindred, kin- uh, this kinship with her, and I, revisiting the film was just so, so, um, I don't know, meaningful to me during that phase, and I was really excited to, re- to revisit again because I think Ray's cinema is just the kind of cinema where you, you find something new every time as well. New meaning and kind of new discoveries every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I would say, I would say this movie in particular is my, is my favorite Ray film. It's always been there with me and it's really given me entryway into his uh, cinema as a whole. Yeah. Um, I think... You know, my introduction was Pater Panchali because that was, like, one of those movies that, you know, was taught in, like, an intro to film class, you know? Like, Pater Panchali and I have a very rocky relationship because I feel like that's, like, the token Indian movie, you know, and any of these, like, world cinema lists. You know, there's, like, one movie from India, and it's, like, Pater Panchali, and I'm like, okay, great, guys. Um, not even my favorite ride movie, or even one I think is, it's his, not even the best one in the upper trilogy. Uh, I'm a big Upwar Sansar boy. Um, but, so, I kind of had this, like, weird relationship with, with Rai, where I'm like, okay, obviously he's a master, obviously he's influential and iconic, but also, like, he seems to be, like, the only one that, like, people know. Um, so it's kind of, it's always frustrating when, like, I see a movie of his on some list, or, like, another movie of his gets added to a Criterion Collection, and I'm just kind of like, okay, this is your token. Um, but that's not really to take away from his talent or his influence or, you know, his artistry, and, um, I always try to, you know, stop myself from being too, like, vocal about about that, that, that issue, because it's, it's easy, I think, to conflate it into thinking that, like, I hate Rye or something, um, which I don't at all. I think, you know, Chadalata, of course, I, I, I think it's definitely, you know, one of his best movies. I also love, you know, The Big City. That's, that's my favorite. Um, and, uh, you know, it's funny you bring up, you know, the pandemic, because, like, this is kind of like a weird, like, pandemic movie, at least, the, like, the first sequence, which I think is extremely famous, um, in that it's it's Jaru just kind of running like walking around her house with like nothing to do. No one's paying attention to her. She's like dealing with annoying servants. She's like looking outside of her window with her binoculars and there's just like no stimulation. There's no like outlet for her. And definitely I felt that, you know, in that like March twenty twenty era, you know, when it's like, yeah, it's stuff to do, but like nothing to do, you know. Exactly. Um and so and how she, you know, how she kind of overcomes this like boredom and this uh, you know, complacency, the the stasis, um through a creative outlet, I think, you know, really resonates. Um 
I mean, I, I remember for me, like, a lot of my writing just, like, stopped for those first few months of the pandemic. I just had no energy to, like, write. Um, but, yeah. you know, if I had some handsome artists, maybe I, I, I would have, you know? And you know, I like what you say about the female gaze, you know, with male directors, because I think, obviously, you and I are both on one of our fans, and he's, you know, invented the female gaze in a lot of ways. Um, and uh, so I, I think, you know, it's not impossible for men to sort of capture that and sometimes it's just you know like treating women as like human beings with an interiority and wants and needs and and, and having a, some kind of full-fledged perspective you know to me that's really all you kind of need and it seems harder to, than most it's, it seems harder to do that for most people um but yeah i mean i definitely think this movie has such a like tenderness to it it has such a um you know, quietness to it. I, I think it's it's sort of interesting to see a movie with this kind of narrative um, that is not only from the 60s, but takes place in, I think, the 1800s they're in. Yeah. yeah and sure. when everything is so, it's like repressed upon repressed, and to have this very, like, um, intense romance, you know, that's hardly consummated and hardly spoken about, but you feel it so profoundly, you know, it's... Yeah. It's really it, a, an, an incredible story. It really is, yeah, for its time, too. And it's like, it's it's interesting the way that the political background is even established. Like, her mm-hmm. husband is uh, Bhupati, I believe is his name. Um, like, he, he's, he's running a newspaper. He's very politically minded. But there's not, it's not a, like a political movie in any way. But the politics just kind of lay the groundwork of, like, the... Because I, I believe it's said during the time of the Bengali Renaissance as well. Um, so all that kind of intellectualism is there, is present in the movie. This kind of freedom fighter type of spirit is all there. But it doesn't feel preachy in any way. It doesn't feel as politically conscious without being political. Um, and I appreciate that, like, in particular, because against that background is this very just deeply sensual romance story. Mm-hmm. It's a simplistic story. There's nothing super complicated about it. And what, what really comes to the fore is really being that, that interiority we've been talking about of Chavalata is just so it's, she's so realized and th- there's minimal dialogue needed. You literally don't even need to have uh, any kind of captions on. You don't need anything. You don't need to even understand the language to really understand what's happening to her. Um, like all the symbolism is so, so clearly articulated, like her, her use of the binoculars, which by the way, I, my friend got me a pair of binoculars, uh, during the pandemic. And I, that's what I felt truly like. I really that. It kind of coincided really well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my top to like, just like street watch people watch from the roof, uh, is really, really fun. But, um, um, but yeah, like the, 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 the binoculars that really kind of bring home that it, it drives home like the distance that like Chauru feels from everyone else. Like she even at one point looks at her husband through the binoculars, even though he's like close proximity to her. Um, and it just articulates the distance that she feels from him that much more through, through that simple kind of gesture. Um, yeah. The movie is just so, so good in those kind of gestures all throughout, and it is stunning to look at. It's just, 
everything, like even the setting with the the, the, the the stunning interior production design of that house and how small Charulata looks in, in within it and the way that she's staged within it. Um, all those shots are really just, just truly stunning and emphasizes like her loneliness that much more. Um, I, I mean, honestly, it's, it, it kind of feels weird to say, but it's like, that's, that is how I want to be lonely. If I am like ever lonely in my life is like, I, it, I feel or dream of myself being idle and like yeah. <laughs> occupying my time the way that Charu does in a certain way. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And, um, you know, one thing that I kind of noticed a lot with Rai, with a lot of the Rai movies that I saw, you know, I mean, I saw movies like The Elephant God and um, The Stranger, The Holy Man, all of these have these, like, very political undercurrents, you know, even within very, you know, somewhat apolitical stories, right? Like, a, a lot you know, a lot of these are very, like, very human, very kind of straightforward narratives but there's always this undercurrent of like what's happening and uh, you know I, I think the um the film that i, I really thought about was the, you know the the stranger which is about you know this man claiming to be a long lost relative coming into a family's home for a while and try and the family's trying to figure out if this guy is actually a relative or if he's some kind of imposter and you know it's a it's a comedy it's a very gentle family movie but you know, there is so much rife with politics within the dialogue, and I, I feel that I feel that that's such a common running theme with Rai is that he is, you know, at once a very humanistic filmmaker, very, you know, um, very um, attuned with like interpersonal dynamics, but there's always something a larger context to it. There's always more um, more dialogue about, you know, what what India is going through, what Bengal is going through at the time. And um, I just feel very, um, I I feel that so, I feel that that's a like strong way for him to make these movies very political is by like using these characters to, you know, highlight uh, conflicts and, and tension within the political sphere without making a movie that's overtly, you know, political or, or seriously, even serious you know i you know watching a rye comedy is very strange because i'm not i don't think of him as a funny director but he is um but he still adds in a lot of this like you know um you know a a lot of this has is like i think has to do with like old india versus new india or like pre you know pre-colonist india and post-colonial so right you know and i definitely feel that with jadolata which feels very bengali but also has the like specter of you know, uh, the, uh, the colonial era and sort of the larger world, you know, as a whole kind of, and its impact on India. Yeah. I mean, it's also so timely in a way, like it's aged, those kind of political underpinnings have mm-hmm. also, they're still so relevant because like all the conversations they have about things like sedition and like the critiquing of the government and like her mm-hmm. husband, though, like Bhupati is like, uh, insistent about fighting the notion of the idle rich and like critiquing the government isn't uh doesn't equate to being disloyal to the government even though that's kind of like what the you know larger forces might be kind of you know um corrupt and 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 help and kind of like uh imposing that on the people it's it's all these kind of conversations that honestly are still having happening i think in in india today mm-hmm. uh, 
with like you know the government and the freedom of the people um, and uh, you know the how how the government kind of bleeds into more than just just the political realm and the political sphere um, and the everyday uh, life of, of people over there like all so so much of those political underpinnings like uh, are so relevant to even today it's one of the ways that his films have aged so well because mm-hmm. of that kind of strong that that thread throughout. I'm curious, like, so where does Jarulata, you've, you've seen so many, like, rise of film, where does Jarulata rank for you? Uh, definitely, uh, definitely top five. I, th- I think, if I recall my list, which I was making in May, uh, I think I put it at number three, after The Big City, and Up War Sensar, and then, yeah, the Jarulata was number three, then Bather Banchali, and, uh, and Devi. I think that that's the that's the five, um, and you know it's he's such a master filmmaker, and you know his like every movie is almost is like almost every movie is a masterpiece, right? So it's kind of like these are all shift and you know move around, but I, I really I really you know of course I like Jadolata and um, had been saving it for like the rewatch and for, until we could do the podcast and. Um, I was even more uh, impressed by it and, and kind of taken with it after watching it to, um, f- uh, for this podcast. Uh, I feel like because it's sort of a lesser known film, it might be kind of uh, helpful to do like a brief plot summary. Um, the The film is available to stream on both Criterion Channel and HBO Max. So uh, any listeners who have not seen the film, I highly recommend uh, you do so because one, it's it's I think an, a really important film uh, in world world cinema history, but also I think more specifically Indian uh, history. Um, and uh, but yeah, basically the the story is about Charu, who is a, a housewife in, uh, in in Bengal during the eighteen hundreds. Her husband is Bhupati, who runs a political newspaper, uh, and he notices that she's very lonely and uh, she's very intelligent, very artistically minded, and so he invites his cousin Amal uh, to stay with them for uh, for some time to sort of help her to kind of find a creative voice, give her someone to talk to and uh, spend time with. So uh, Amal comes and they they work on their poetry and, and they really get to know each other. And so this very understated attraction kind of blooms between them. Uh, meanwhile, uh, her, I, I think Chado's brother and his wife come and they are very more crude, more, you know, unworldly. Um, and so they're also there, but not, but I think Chado spends a lot of her, uh, gives a lot of her attention to her brother-in-law or cousin-in-law. I guess, um, and so that's basically the general gist of the of the film. Uh, you know, it's as we've been saying, it's a very uh, very straightforward film in terms of its narrative, but it, you know, intellectually, emotionally, it's very rich and and profound. Um, if I miss any major plot elements, please let me know. But I think that's the general, you know, yeah. gist of it. And then, like, there's there is a part, I guess, the with um, her. Her brother and his wife steal. They basically swindle her husband. Yeah, right. Um, and so uh, they kind of run off. His, her, his husband, her husband, 
Bupati, like, feels so betrayed and stunned. I honestly feel really bad for him throughout the yeah. He first gets, you know, swindled uh, by um, his in-laws, and then, of course, he finds out about um, uh, Charu, Charu's affection for Amal, um, and not just any, not just any man, but uh, you know his cousin. So he he has it rough throughout this film. Honestly. Yeah, you really do feel for him. But um, I love that that like in 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 conversation with like with like giving her agency, Ray like really doesn't have. It does he doesn't make you feel any pity for her? Like you don't feel that she is a victim of her own circumstances at any point in this film, even though, you know, it goes into the realm of like adultery and, you know, um, betrayal in that sense. And you don't ever feel that her husband, uh, Bupati is ever going to punish her in any way either. He loves her, you know, like he just, he just never has had the time to, uh, really engage with her to spend time. Like he's so busy with his newspaper that he has to basically uh, brush her to the side, but he still loves her. Um, but, you know, and that, that vague gesture at the end of where, uh, you know, it's that iconic uh, closing shot with the freeze frame of their, mm-hmm. their hands coming together. You, you're kind of made to, to believe, um, well, you, you're, you can impose whatever kind of thoughts and sensibilities you might have that they're getting back together, that they finally reconciled. Um, but it leaves leaves much up to the imagination because their hands don't completely meet, um, and and I just like I I really do love that all the characters you can really put yourself into each one of their shoes and to really understand their point of view, and the movie is not for or against any of them, you know, mm-hmm. in the way that a lot of movies I think a lot of movies in which um, I would say of that time and even after. Uh, the portrayal of any female characters that commit anything in the way of something like adultery would be punished, you know? Um, the, the film would find a way to kind of punish that behavior, but that's not the case here in any way. So just another point that kind of like goes back to Ray Rising sensibilities around like really understanding how to bring out this character and make her fully realize in a way that even like even I would, like I was reading about you know this is a movie that's a contemporary of you know um, Jean-Luc Godard and like that whole move the whole French movement yeah where even they and it's a social it, it takes a lot from like the social realism as well you know he was Ray was like inspired by I believe the bicycle thieves. Um, he went to Italy, so he's very, very much inspired by social realism. But even those uh, film movements of Europe didn't give like the fully rounded um, characterization and agency to their female characters. I don't think the way that that Rai did, um, and that speaks that much more to just like how ahead of the curve he was as a filmmaker to me. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with a lot of what you're saying. Um, yeah, I, I definitely that's that's something that I've always kind of been a little like uh, disappointed by when it comes to like French New Wave and sort of that whole you know '60s film movement is that they really as a lot of this movies about sort of like you know young men who are figuring out their lives and 
they're in relationships and stuff, and it's like, okay, um, what a you know what a departure from your real life. Um, but and and I think with with Rai, as he kind of navigates these different dynamics and goes to different time periods and and really is exploring, you know. I think even in Butter in the in the Apu trilogy, you know, the all the female characters feel so lived in and so realistic and so authentic, and they really take time to um, he really takes the time to develop them beyond you know wife or sister or daughter um, uh, or mother. I mean, and so it's really uh, yeah, and you know. Bubati, I think, is he. His character really stood out to me this time. Uh, I, I agree with like what you're saying about um, kind of feeling bad for him as he is really uh, trying to find. He's trying to, you know, help his wife, help Jaru find her voice and not be so lonely, and and he ultimately has to deal with the fact that he, you know delivered like almost like the perfect man to, to his wife right <laughs> and um, and I appreciate that he doesn't feel a lot of he doesn't feel a lot of anger or resentment towards her he might maybe a little bit but he also feels a lot of like resentment towards himself for not being that person for his wife and how you know? I really the scene I really appreciated was at the end when he's sort of in the uh, in the carriage or in the car, just reflecting, and there's no dialogue. Um, you know, you're you kind of have to really project onto him what you imagine he's thinking, uh, whether he's is he like ready to like you know punish her or like banish her from the house, or is he feeling anger or remorse or what is he feeling and. Um, I found it to be really empathetic and uh, to him as well, and to show that it's not like he doesn't seem the type to really like you know be really angry, right? He feels very much like he's really trying to find you know. I mean, in my opinion, I don't really think of like adultery or thing like that as like the reason why relationships don't work. I think it's a symptom of something else, and I think in that scene, he's really resolving to um, try to understand his own part in his marriage of like, you know, not only did he really send his cousin to like pay attention to his wife, but he wasn't doing that himself. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't giving her the fulfillment. He wasn't, you know, stimulating. He's kind of letting this really intelligent, vibrant young woman just kind of wilt her way in this big house with, you know, no one really to engage with her. And I think there's a lot of self-reflection, there's a lot of um, understanding, and a lot of, I I think, just sympathy and empathy and compassion. And um, I agree with you. I think a a lesser film would make that more of, like, a dramatic, you know, climax instead of a really simple reflection and, you know, a simple resolution that, as you say, isn't is hopeful but not totally resolute and um, I really find I think this movie is just full of empathy for people who are just kind of all making decisions and trying to figure out their own way forward yeah and and it does it in that it does it in that way of you know subtlety minimal dialogue you sit with the characters like you sit with you sit with um, uh, Bupati 
like in that carriage, right, while he's contemplating that. And you can fully, you can understand that he is not feeling anger. He's not feeling resentment, maybe a little bit, as you said, that's the immediate aftermath of discovering something like that. Of course, you probably yeah a little upset, but like you, you understand that he's, he's processing things beyond he's going beyond the immediate uh, reaction, right? He's, he's trying to understand what the root root causes of, uh, of why, you know, Chadwick feels this way and his role in it. And that's, that's, that is why like the, the, the way that this film kind of just sits, allows you to sit with these characters and sit and, and kind of con- contemplate with them um, helps you build that empathy and, and sympathy um, all throughout with all the characters, like all the characters get their moments, um, in particularly, you know, Charu. Um, and it, it, in no way, though, like if anyone is new to this movie and new to, to Rai and like his, his, his uh, kind of methodology and sensibilities of like following that kind of social realist way of making movies, none of it comes off as boring in any way either. Mm-hmm. Like you can fully sit through this movie every single moment i mean every frame is like a portrait right like something i want to frame and put on my wall um but not just that even those silent moments and those kind of you know slow moving moments where you're kind of sitting with those characters are so compelling you're i'm just like glued to it from from beginning to end um not bored whatsoever and then i'm actually i become more and more invested with each each moment as well and each time that i've watched it again like i I was saying like i discover something new every time um that i watch it um and that's why just it's such a rich movie for me in that regard as well but yeah like you said like the, the the every character here you um you're compelled to put yourself in their shoes like uh it's it's Bhupati. it's it's all the characters i mean the only ones that are kind of made to be made to be like a maybe the most villainous are you know her her brother and uh, wife who who swindle and disappear with the money and you never hear from them again. But that's probably just for the sake of like plot movement and to kind of uh, stir things among the other characters, the main characters, um, anyway. So. Um, really, really a great like Ray, Ray. Just like has a way with like bringing um, bringing that empathy that we're talking about. Just you know, fully, fully out. I love it. It's, it's one of my favorite things about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we have to talk about I think probably like the signature scene of the film, um, which is you know Amal out on the mat on the f- outside in the garden and Jadu on the swing singing yeah. that. You know, Tagore tune, a Rabindranath Tagore tune, and just, I mean, I've seen, I watched this scene on YouTube before, um, before watching the movie, just because, like, I was, well, I, my first exposure to this movie was actually back in 2005 with the Bollywood movie Barnita. Oh. Have you seen that with Vidya Bollywood and Saif Ali Khan and I think Sanjay Dutt? Uh, oh. yeah, um, because I re- remember reading, you know, when the movie came out, that that movie was like such a like moment for me. I was obsessed with the songs. I watched the movie like a, so many times. I was sixteen years old, and um, 
I remember reading about the film that, like, oh, there's a scene that's inspired by Sethajit Rai's Chaturlata. I had no idea who he was, but um, I but I knew that, like, that tune was a major part of Parinita. It's a major part of this movie as well. And Parinita fe- features, like, a, you know, very direct homage to Chaturlata, um, especially with the song. So I remember think- being like, oh, you know, like, let me go back and watch that scene just because I was curious about it because having recalled this whole Parinita thing. And um, it's so remarkable. <laughs> um you know, there's such a really, a really beautiful close-up of Jaru as she's swinging and humming this tune, and the camera sort of following the swing, and you have Amul on the on the on the, on the ground in the garden, just you know, relaxing and writing, and just kind of they're both in this like I, I think it's the first time you really step outside the house in a meaningful way, right. if I recall correctly, and so. Um, there's such abandon to it and such a, like, uh, it's so intimate. It almost feels like a very, like, sensual scene, right? Even they're not even close to each other, you know, but it feels like, I don't know, it just feels very, uh, like, I don't want to say sexy, because it's not, sexy feels too, like, crass for... Sensual. (laughs) Sensual, yeah, like, it just has this, like, intimacy to it. Um, and I, I, it really blew me away when I watched it, uh, within the context of the film too, because it feels like, uh, to me, it feels like something had been really bubbling, like bubbling between them. And then this is sort of like the, um, expression of that. And it's sort of a a turning point, at least for Jaru, um, and her just like really feeling free, you know, after being in the house and kind of being trapped in this, you know, role of, you know, bored housewife. She finally feels like, you know, one with herself and with nature and with art and, and with him. Yeah, that, I mean, I'm so glad you brought it, brought it up because I absolutely, that is absolutely my favorite scene from the movie. Um, probably for most people who've seen it, it's like the miniature one. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, the way the way it's filmed, I love the different perspectives you get. Right, you get you get hers, you get his, and then you also get like the the camera looking back at her and moving with the swing. Honestly, you know, like Ray is so well regarded with like the imagery that he's produced, like mm-hmm. the image of her holding the binoculars, very iconic. The that last freeze frame, the very last scene in the movie, so iconic. But the this image of her in the swing is probably the most iconic to me. Um, yeah, because it is, like you said, I think that turning point for her. It's where that intimacy that she seems before this one, the swing scene, and then it's kind of cemented here um, in this scene in particular. And there's like a point of no return at that mm-hmm. point. Um, that with that kind of sensuality, you know, kind of building throughout the scene. Oh, it's just, it's, it's, it's one of like, I would say one of the greatest like scenes of like any movie in that decade, um, maybe of all time, I would say, because it's just, it's something that lingers in that is a scene that I was always coming back to when I was in the, <laughs> earlier in the pandemic. And yeah. I 
Parulata was like, okay, maybe I'll just go to the park with my mask on, <laughs> just swing idly in the swing and just hum to myself, and that's gonna, that's how I'll pass the time, and that's how life will kind of just be. Um, yeah, it's it's something that is hard to shake from from your your mind once it, it once it enters. Uh, it's it's yeah, one of those indelible scenes. Right. A, a detail that I love that I, I picked up on is Rai shoots her her feet like touching the ground, and then like I think it's like twice she, as she passes the ground, she touches it, and then like the third or fourth time, she's like too high, like not touching the ground. To me, that felt like. You know she's, you know, kind of in the stratosphere. You know she's yeah. she's feeling herself. She's you know she's <laughs> she's living. She's thriving, um, and uh, I it's just yeah. I mean it's so detailed, and it's he's really great with imagery. But I also feel that he it feels so like formally expressionistic, and I, I don't. I feel like it's almost it's still unique to him in that regard because um or unique from his other films because this one just feels so like wild, right? It feels so like you know, I I really can't recall another scene of his that I've seen where, you know, the camera is like following like a moving, you know, object, whether it's a swing right. or a car. You know, it's just you know, he really I think like did something different. I mean that that he hasn't hadn't done before, you know. Even in this sort of like late fifties, you know, six, you know, mid sixties era that he was, which I think is like his like creative peak. Um, it's just so yeah, nothing nothing quite like it, and uh, it's um, yeah, I think just such a like sensual, such a wild moment in the film. Yeah, it it, it is the one that will make you like. If that one doesn't make you a believer, um, if you're a skeptic at all in, in Rye, like that moment, I feel will cement it for you. Um, yeah. That like he's an, he's an all timer. Like that's you know, that I think that was the moment when I first watched the movie, and that was my intro to Rye. That that swing moment was the one where I was like, okay, I get. I think I like fully understand his importance. Like this is yeah. this is right here for me. Um, and there's like no turning back from that. So yeah, absolutely. Just so great. I mean, there, I could talk about so many different scenes throughout this movie that just are full, like rich with meaning. Like there's like stream of consciousness, just like flowing through these characters' minds that like flow directly into yours uh, you know, as you're watching it. And there's nothing else needed. There's no, there's no verbalizing needed. There's not nothing. It's just, all of it just it are it's so well articulated, um, but I think we've hit like probably the the key ones like the beginning, the end, that swing set, um, uh, the the scene with the storm um, also stands out to me um, just because mm-hmm. you see there's a, there's of course like symbolism there with the storm like it's kind of like foreshadowing there's like a place that's about to rupture their lives. Um, that is beautifully executed, executed as well. Um, so many, so many. We could go on for days. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I want to talk about about the performances, um, especially you know uh, Madhuri Mukherjee. For some reason, I had in my mind that she was like a major Satyajit Rai muse, and she was. I mean, she was in 
you know, this film, The Big City, Mahanagar, um, and she was in um, uh, The Coward. Uh, and The Coward, I really like. It's like a 70-minute, it's almost like a short film uh, in which uh, a, a, a man kind of comes across his like former girlfriend you know, years later when she's married to a rich uh, tea farmer or tea plantation owner. And it's about him reflecting on, you know, a cowardly choice he made uh, in, in choosing not to um, marry her. And um, I think out of fear of his own career or, or something like that. A really, really interesting movie. And she plays a love interest there. And so she made three movies, three major movies. I mean, two, I think, all-time classics and, and The Coward, which I, I believe people should watch more. More people should watch. I mean, um, I Criterion. Uh, yeah, I think uh, all three are on Criterion Channel. Right. The Stranger, I don't believe, is on disc from them, but it's it's up there, uh, streaming. So definitely recommend it. Seventy minutes, like barely, like counts as like a feature length movie. <laughs> um, and uh, but really quite interesting as well. Um, another movie that really plays into you know, interpersonal relationships as politics and um, a lot about, like, class and, and sort of understanding all that and has a really dy- you know, dynamite ending, I-, I have to say. But she's only in three movies by him and uh, three major ones, of course, but still three. Uh, whereas, like, Subhita Chatterjee, who plays Amal, is, like, you know, in so many of these movies across all decades. And... Um, Starting with Apoor Sansar and going into, like, I think the 70s, uh, if not later than that. And um, it's just, yeah, I mean, like, these two are just, like, I, they're, they're giving so much with, like, minimal dialogue and, um, you know, there's not a lot of exposition in this movie. There's not a lot of, you know, over-explanation. It's just all through gestures and allusion like literary allusions and, and music and, and like singing and poetry and uh i think these these two actors have such an undeniable chemistry without even having like overt chemistry in the sense of like you know they're not like you know flirting with each other in a very physical way right like they're not like doing that but it's all just through like through through their glances, through their the way they speak to each other, the way they act when each other's in the room, it all just feels very like you know uh, heightened tension, heightened like sexual tension, but almost also repressed sexual tension as well. Yeah, their chemistry is undeniable, and it does make me wish that they had more movies together. I, yeah, I'm not sure of their filmography outside of uh, Rai much uh, for either actor, but um, I do I do find myself wishing because I've I've seen The Big City and Jarolata with um, with Madhavi, but uh, but I I really do want to see more of that kind of chemistry. I feel like it's just movie magic that these two actors came together and they had such rich chemistry with each mm-hmm. other. Um, yeah, and and I mean, uh, this is, those are the only two that I can base like her performances on, um, but 
my God, is he a perfect kind of use for for Rye? Yeah, for his sensibilities and for the way that he kind of brings out that kind of interior interior life because she has those perfect gazes, right? Like you sit with her face, a stunning face, you know, by all regards, by any regard, um, and you just kind of can read. And she per- she portrays all of those kind of stream of consciousness thoughts so well. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I would say like she and then I, you know, maybe like Sharmila or like the, the two muses of, of his that where, where those really, those intimate thoughts are just kind of boiling under the surface and you can just feel them with every frame. Um, though I, of course, I, I know way more about <laughs> Sharmila and her filmography. Right. Uh, the, uh, the rise scope. Um, but yeah, I mean, great, great actors uh, all throughout this movie. Even the the brother, his wife, who are just like kind of crude in their mannerisms. Um, <laughs> they offer kind of a nice foil. Um, it's an interesting dynamic of like you know this is these are my direct sibling. This is my direct sibling and his wife, and I I don't really have much that I can I can say to them. Um, she can't even entertain herself with that around her. Um, or be entertained uh, by her sister-in-law at all. Those characters are great. Um, Sumitra, um, what a what a great icon! Who I think he passed away what a couple of years ago. So yeah, he's been around for her for a bit. Um, and I need to. I mean, uh, Rai is really the only way that I've encountered him as well, and I have more of a '70s stuff to to look through. I haven't followed his career all throughout as much, but all of his earlier projects that he did with Rai, um, like one of the great kind of muses, uh, male muses, if you will, uh, of Rai's, because uh, he has a, a certain kind of sensitivity um, to his demeanor like you feel nothing of a threat with him you feel really a certain kind of like an understanding you want whoever he's paired with on the screen um there's a there's a certain kind of that um that empathy that's coming through like like he wants to understand his characters um that he's kind of sharing the screen with um, and there's hardly ever kind of like uh, the kind of bad kind of tension that you might get with like a, a hyper masculine hyper macho type of presence. He has more of that kind of sensitive, you know, soft edges around him um, that I truly appreciate. I feel that it's quite clear, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I I definitely agree with you there. I think there's something about you know. I mean, I'm not I'm not Bengali, right? So. Um, I don't know, like, I don't want to speak out of turn, but there's something so, uh, like, wistful about Bengali actors and just the way their faces are and the way they, like, speak. And I know Rai is, of course, you know, his movies are full of literary and musical and cinematic illusions, and, you know, they're very... He's he, as a writer director. He's of course very you know attuned with the arts and he's very knowledgeable and and ties ties in so many references and homages and um, you know ref, like uh, allusions to literature and, and film and all that and um, and I, I I feel that more with 
you know, Bengali filmmakers, ones that I've seen, like Krishikesh Mukherjee and Ritwik Guttak. I mean, you know, these people are very intelligent and they're such a, um, uh, there's such a like uh, high mindedness uh, from, and I, I feel that way with Bengali actors a lot. Like Shamila Tagore, like she just feels so like refined, and of course she's obviously you know royal, like literally a royal family, um, but she just has this uh, she just has this quality to her, um, and uh, and you know as the matriarch of a Bollywood family, you know she's very much just has this like air to her. And I feel that way about Sumitha Chatterjee, I feel that way about Madhavi Mukherjee. They just, like, have this, like, um... They just seem so, like, um... Like, smart and very, like, cultured and and, and, and uh, literary and, um... And I think especially the movie like Charulata, which is very much about people connecting over poetry and music and you know, I, I think a really kind of cool part of this movie is how, like, you know, Jaru and Amal both have this, like, psychic connection almost in terms of, like, uh, you know, like she'll be humming a tune and then in later scene he's humming it and they just kind of have this, like, connection through art and, um, uh, you know, and I, I, I think Rise films have a lot of characters who are writers or who are artists and, to me, that can always seem a little like um, a little too cute, you know, when some directors do it. But when he does it, I think he makes his characters very smart and very well-rounded intellectually. Um, yeah. So I just like I I, I think th- I think that's one of the reasons why Rise films have really been able to like cross over is that like they're so um, they're so rich in texture and rich in you know in uh, rich in texture and in, and in narrative and in character, and they find such a like really strong balance of the political and the personal and you know the artsiness and also the you know day to day life of people like and and even the people like the the brother and the sister in law who are very like not at all refined you know but um, there's he's able to like balance all that and kind of bring all these different personalities together to kind of create a very, um, like cohesive and, and kind of full, um, fully rounded kind of world. Yeah. And, and I tell, I would agree with you as well. I think it is like that, that kind of Bengali-ness, uh, that, 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 uh, characterizes like all of the actors. It's not even just, uh, Sumitra, but even like her, the the actor who plays uh, Charulata's husband, mm-hmm. uh, Sha- I believe it's Shailen Mukherjee. Mm-hmm. Um, I may have messed up the the pronunciation, <laughs> but um, even he, like with his kind of intellectual kind of prowess and political mindedness and all of that, kind of portrays this kind of uh, yeah, like high mindedness that kind of elevates, you know, it elevates his character to a certain place and gives him a certain kind of sensibility or when I say sensibility, I mean like being sensitive, right? Like yeah. he, he can, he can take a step back and kind of reflect on things because he knows through his, you know, whatever his his intellectual prowess his his, you know, education that like what comes with a lot of that is patience and, um, sitting with your thoughts and, and kind of thinking through your thoughts and then that 
is extended to the, the people around you, uh, knowing how to have, have conversations and, and things like that. Like even when he, the, the scene where he has, he's gathered with all the men in the room and they're kind of like celebrating him. Uh, it's the, the scene where I think he finds out that Charu published her poet, her, her poem. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of uh, stunned by it. But even in, in those scenes, like it's the, the gathering of, you know, these kind of high-minded folk. Uh, and I think a lot of that is, it, it does translate well to like other audiences. And that's that kind of uh, Bengali-ness, for lack of a better word, uh, where, where you can pick up on all that without having to really, you know, understand the, the language even. Um, yeah, it, 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 it's it's a uniting force, I think, in, in um, all, all the characters and all the cast of these movies. So I think this film is so, um, I don't know, romantic, intellectual, art, you know, artistic, and um, very... Uh, thought-provoking and very just, you know, full of, um, I think full of a lot of, like, um, really complicated emotions, and I just, like, I really am glad to have rewatched it. I'm really glad that we were able to talk about it, and I I really do encourage people to um, check it out, because I, I think it's quite a stunning achievement uh, in filmmaking. Um, and I would also recommend... You know the big city and a poor Sansar and Davy and um, did you ever see uh, Nayak the hero? I have with not, but Tagore? I think I think yeah. I'd also enjoy that movie as well. Um, that's like more of a like kind of film industry satire type movie, yeah. but like not like satire in the sense of like you know it's not like. Um, I, I don't know if I would call it satire, actually. It's really, like, an exploration of, like, faith and, in some ways, kind of poking fun at, like, hero worship um, and yeah. and stuff like that. But, like, not kind of in, like, an obvious way, but just more just, like, in, again, a very, like, intellectual, really sophisticated manner. Um, yeah. So I, I would I, recommend that I've as been, well. It's been on the radar for me because of uh, Sharmila Dagor's character. Yeah. Which I think, I believe she heads up, like, a women's magazine, and she's, like, yeah. the one of those really headstrong, like, uh, female characters that, that's, that Rai is so good at portraying. So I've, it's definitely been on my watch list. And if I haven't found it on Criterion Channel yet, I'm going to add it. <laughs> <Very> yeah. <soon. laughs> yeah. So do you have any final thoughts on Charolata, Satyajit Rai, any, anything you'd like to bring up? Any scenes that we want to mention or parts of the film yeah. you want to give a shout out to? I mean, I, I, I think it's been clear um, all throughout this episode that like I am a huge fan of this movie. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, in a way, it's one of the movies that got me into uh, Indian film outside of Bollywood. You know, like it, it, it encouraged me to explore Bengali cinema, and then I, off of that, I went into a bit of Tamil and Telugu language cinema. Like it, I got it opened my eyes up to so much more of the the rest of India and then the rest of the world. Um, 
Rye is one of it's considered one of the great you know filmmakers uh, of all time to come out of the the Indian subcontinent and it's for good reason and when you watch a movie like like Charulata you really start to understand it because I, I do think that multiple layers of meaning will come through with every watch um, it's so highly entertaining without being um, like showy in any way. Um, watch it for uh, a splendidly portrayed um, character um, one of the greatest portrayals of a female character around and yes that does mean that men can uh, can portray female characters well if they're <laughs> the challenge and you know we know Riot was up for the challenge so many different times I do have to give a shout out to um, so many great scenes the swing scene again i must reiterate is like a foundational kind of formative mm. scene um if you if you if you do anything watch watch uh, up to that point and um i think you'll you'll truly understand the magic of uh of rise uh cinema and i guess i guess that's all i really can say those are my kind of concluding thoughts um yeah I hope you I hope you enjoy listeners uh, going to visit this film. Yes, uh, I yeah I echo everything you're saying. Highly agree. It co-sign. Um, Devesh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I, it was such a pleasure to talk to you again. Um, please let the listeners know you know where they can find you, what you're working on, kind of what you know what what, what you're up to. Sure. Thank you, Manish, for having me. Always a joy to talk. And thank you for having me on to really talk about my all-time favorite film so far. Uh, such a joy. Um, you can find me idling about on the internet, uh, both on Instagram and Twitter at Disher. That's spelled D-V-S-H-R-R-R. And um, outside of that, there's not really much else uh, going on, <laughs> but let's hope in the future. So let's stay tuned. <laughs> For sure. And uh, yeah, listeners, you can find me on Twitter at Vertigay314. Also, follow the podcast at ThePod2BU. Please be sure to uh, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Help you find the show. Devish, cannot thank you enough. Thank you so much. Uh, and uh, listeners, thanks for listening. Thank you.